You're listening to Wisdom of the Ages, the show that taps into the many expressions of universal, ancestral and personal wisdom to ignite evolutionary consciousness. Welcome and blessings. This is Van Kate Sullivan, host of Wisdom of the Ages. And this year, I'm offering a series of monologues on higher consciousness. It's important right now. So one of the reasons I'm offering this series is to acknowledge the pain and suffering people are going through. So as a mother, I know what it takes to give birth to a new being. And as a human being, I understand the suffering that is inherent in the birthing into the true self. So I feel we're collectively giving birth to a new earth. Now, this is an important concept. People have talked about it. And what does this actually mean to give birth to a new earth? Well, part of it, and actually a big part of it, is giving birth to a new self. And in order to do that, we have to let go of the old. <laughs> so it's important to act as loving midwives to others who are making this journey to higher consciousness. I want to be tender here because loneliness is a sensitive subject and one many people are forced to grapple with during the pandemic or were out of the pandemic now. But I think a lot of people are still are still going through the aftershocks of the forced um, isolation. So many of us were forced to turn within. And so this isolation impacts different people in different ways. Giving up external things in life that give us joy can be really difficult. I mean, holidays and friends and you know, meeting up with people and going out to places and shopping and restaurants, all the things that we're meant to do as social beings together. So we're meant to live in communities. And you know, one way to torture a human being is to exile them or put them in solitary confinement. So the philosopher Socrates chose death over exile. So this is something real. A lot of people are going through it, and I want to acknowledge it. It's If you feel lonely, it's something that's really happening right now. There's also an inherent lie in it, and I'm, I want to get to that. So the spiritual journey requires many small ego deaths. Or, I mean, really, these are quickenings, allowing the true precious self to emerge. But birth can be challenging. It takes all kinds of <laughs> uh, directions that we weren't really expecting. But, you know, most of us will make it through. One thing that can happen during spiritual awakening is a terrible, I mean, this this really is, you know, the spiritual journey is, is not for the faint-hearted. You know, it's it's really for the spiritual warrior or the earthly warrior in this case. But what can happen is this terrible sense of loneliness. I'm sure you know everyone's experienced this to some degree or the other. And sometimes this emptiness can just seem like a yawning, terrible void. So if this arises, then know that the universe is indeed asking you to grow. It's a normal part of spiritual awakening. That's really what I wanted to put out here is if you're lonely, explore it because it will, the wisdom field will show you all sorts of things about it. So in this episode, I will explore the meaning behind loneliness, why understanding loneliness is part of our evolutionary journey. And that if we're brave and we really stay with our loneliness, that ultimately the journey leads us to the authentic self, right? This is what we all I know this is what I want, so I, <laughs> I'm assuming a lot of other people are on board with me here. 
So notice if you add one L to the word aloneness, you get all oneness. Ah, so we just have to look for that L, right? And that's what the journey is all about. Maybe it's a little love, but anyway. So again, on this episode, we'll discuss what happens when loneliness uh, dissolves and when the soul begins to experience being. And together here, we're going to midwife this experience together. We're going to find out why loneliness is ultimately a lie. We begin to understand that when human suffering arises, it is because we believe we are a separate self. That's that's the big lie. There it is. You know, we, you know, we're birthed out. We believe we're this separate self. We cling to it. And today we're going to use the sort of truth to slice through this illusion and get back to what's real. And the truth of existence is a mysterious alchemical ocean. It's always changing. It's fluid. It's like liquid silver. It's it's pretty wild stuff, but it's ultimately the embrace of divine love. So know that the struggle with loneliness ends when we realize we are more than who we take ourselves to be. Okay, I've got to have a a quick ad break here. But when we come back, uh, we're going to find out more about the confines of the ego and the personality and how that can unfold like a huge tsunami, like an unfolding wave or even an unfurling fern (laughs) into the unbounded and blissful ocean of being. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wisdom of the Ages. This is Ann Kate Sullivan. I'm your host, and this year as part of my Higher Consciousness series, um, I've given other monologues. One is on the unified field, another on financial freedom another on the dark night of the soul. There are lots of interviews. So go check them all out if, if this stuff interests you. You can find them all on superpowerexperts.com slash wisdom of the ages. And today I'm talking about loneliness and why understanding aloneness is an important step on our evolutionary journey. So the most obvious way we experience loneliness is when we feel our social needs aren't being met. This can be it can start really early if there was some kind of issue after your birth um, where there, there might have been a disruption with the, the mothering um, person. And that can bring up, that's a, that's a whole level that you usually have to work psychologically, but um, you can really feel this lack of trust if something like that has happened. It can be healed, but it it makes it's a little bit more apparent. You know, it comes up more for people who have had that happen to them. We can feel lonely when we break up with a partner, when we feel we don't fit in, or when someone close to us dies, you know, or during a pandemic. <laughs> it's like so there are lots of external reasons that can cause this loneliness. I mean, it's real and I want to honor these feelings. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you're feeling lonely, it's okay. I feel it. I want you to feel it. I don't want you to try to shut it out. Feel it. It's just a feeling like loneliness itself is not going to kill you. Right. It's, it's just, it's a, just a feeling. It's uncomfortable, but it's okay. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go through this together right now, this journey of this, 
And so, so what's kind of funny is that as we do this together, we're, we're not alone. I mean, right now we're, we're sharing a field of wisdom together. So be brave, breathe, place your hands on your heart. And if you can feel your feet on the ground, because in truth, you are a luminous being. That's the truth of who you are. You're like this radiant, beautiful being. Okay, but let's go back. Let's go. But I don't feel like that. I feel like this limited, cracked, broken, small self. So together, why why is there this feeling of loneliness? Okay, so let's just go into the feeling. What happens? Loneliness. We feel lonely. We feel contracted, limited, hopeless. We fall into depression and despair. This is human. Everybody experiences it. It can get worse. It can be terror, anxiety. You can feel like you're going to fall into a black hole forever. And what's even worse is that you know, people don't talk about it. They they put up this facade. They smile and pretend like everything's fine while inside they're cracking into a thousand pieces and they just hope no one notices and they think it's not happening to anybody else. It happens to everybody to, some, to greater or lesser degrees. You know, people can be in denial of it, but it's... It's just part of the human experience. When we identify with the ego, we're going to experience loneliness. We build up walls. We build up these impenetrable facades, these, these fortresses, so nobody can get in to hurt us, right? But you know, ultimately, something in life will happen, and that false structure is going to fall. There's going to be a betrayal. There might be a divorce. Somebody might just say one thing that just triggers you, and then your whole world falls apart, right? So... And these things are supposed to happen. These are gifts. These people that come and do these are actually our teachers. And whether we like it or not, we need to thank them for these for these experiences um, if we can. And sometimes it's, it's beyond what you can forgive, but that's okay too. But let's just stay with this right now. Something will happen. It's like the tower card in the tarot. All of a sudden, you weren't expecting it. The whole world falls apart. But when the world falls apart, it means that the shell of the ego is no longer there. And for a minute, just for a minute, you might experience higher consciousness. You might actually experience that you're a part of this greater wisdom field. You're a part of everything that exists. So the tower card can actually be, in, a, in an interesting way, can actually be a helpful card. As we shift from the ego to the authentic self, there are often stages that we go through that feel almost unbearable, right? I I recently gave a monologue on the dark night of the soul, which you can go back and listen to. But it's important if you really keep your eyes open, your heart open during this experience of the dark night of the soul, you realize it's an important part of the journey or the realization of the inner light. So sort of back to loneliness, so a crazy thing, I mean, it can feel so crazy making, but you can be in a room of people, you've experienced this, you can be with a whole bunch of people, and somehow you're mismatched with these people, or maybe it's, it could be anybody, but you're just in this room, people, you can still feel lonely, it could be a huge party going on, you in the middle of New York City or London, and you just feel horribly lonely. You know, you can be in the middle of a dialogue and feel lonely. So, you know, what is this? So it's it's actually a perception of isolation. So let's examine it from a psychological perspective. The ego 
is the sense of self that we develop over the course of our lifetime. And the problem arises when we take this sense of self to be the truth of who we are, and thus we create an obstacle to our own true self. It's weird. If you think about it for a minute, the ego is an entity. It's like a little, it is, it's like this little, uh, I was thinking the diamond approach, they call it the P, but it's this, this um, persona and we, and it's limited and contracted and it's, it is in some way isolated, right? It's it's a false structure. And all of a sudden we think this is who we are. People have told us things, you know, they, you know, we become these small floating islands knocking into each other, drifting out to sea. And then it, it can feel just horrible. So this egoic identity blocks us from our true self. And when we, you know, when this ego becomes really solidified, we begin to suffer. You, I can see it when I look into, at someone's energy field. They, they, it's like they have a white mist around. Sometimes it's gray, sometimes it's darker. But there's this veil that blocks blocks us. It can happen. This veil develops. Most people, I mean, the, the, the ego is actually supposed to develop so that we do have this sense. So we have an experience of... Um, what you know, individuality, and we've all been into this for two thousand years. We've been through this egoic, you know, hero hero's journey, but it also comes with this suffering. Um, I mean, Jesus on the cross, right? It's all it's all this suffering when we identify with this historical self that's just really made up of dreams and illusions. I, you know, we think we're our history. We believe we're the things people tell us about ourselves. We get offended. We we try to redefine ourselves. I mean, you know, there are all sorts of things going on, but really we can just drop it like an outworn garment. Because, you know, the ego was only here. It's only here for a short period of time. Really, it's probably necessary for about 40 years, maybe 50 years as we bump around in this world and we, we have to navigate this earth plane. But at some point, you have to let it go like an outworn garment and just go, wow, that was an illusion. I do not need to wear this robe anymore. So breathe. We're untangling the great lie. Right? So just think for a minute. What, what would it be if you didn't have to tell your story anymore? Like <laughs> Just drop the story. I mean, you know, you perceive something that happened in a certain way, but it was it real? Was any of it real? Or how about all the things that people told you? I mean, I remember one day sitting, it was like I was sitting at one of our, our family tables and and um and I and, and nobody was there and I was sitting at the table and I was like, oh my gosh, these conversations that I have in my head about the things that were said around this table, they're not even real. They don't exist anymore. There's some part of some his, historical self that was perceived with the ears of the ego that couldn't understand what was being said in the first place. It's wild. And you go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's just illusion. And then you just let it go. You just let it go. So when we take ourselves to be a limited persona, we suffer. That's it. We, we, we feel lonely. And the suffering can be terrible. We can become very self-centered. I mean, really narcissistic. We just pull in like this empty hole that can never be filled. You know, we, you know, some people, you know, this is where addictions come from because you just, just might try anything, anything to fill that hole. You know, we we feel trapped inside our own minds, inside our own skin. And, you know, 
you look for all the ways to escape, right? You try drugs, alcohol, sex. You know, it might work for a little while, but ultimately our addictions only makes it make this ex, ex, it's existential suffering, really. It's, you know, it's a, it's a soul crisis and it only makes the suffering worse. So addiction, you know, addiction stuff. So, you know, even if the 12 step, it's turn your life and will over to God, as you understand God it could be anything, right? So I, I, I see God as the wisdom field, but however you see God, you know, you sort of start to, and it, it might be initially you turn, you, you surrender to this external God. And it might be at some point that you find this this flame inside your own heart. So we might think that we can exercise or eat our way through it. <laughs> you know, chocolate can sometimes help, but ultimately it's, it's temporary. You know, being with an enlightened person, a really, really wise, compassionate person is, is actually useful because it gives us a glimpse of what it means to be free. So it's, it's really great that we have uh, wonderful high beings on the planet that we can spend time with. And of course, during the pandemic, we couldn't go and see them. They were available on Zoom. People are still available on Zoom. But it's it's so great when we can be in the field and the presence of a really high being. So spiritual teachers help because they offer a taste of hope. Now you can get caught up in that too. There's, a, there's always a danger in that is because we, you'll project uh, your that your your quality your idealizations onto this other person it's okay as long as there's a counter transference and that you realize at a certain point that every everything that you've projected onto this this other person you know their their divine nature their love their compassion their all of all everything that you think is wonderful about them that you realize that whatever you see in them is also true within you so as long as they help you metabolize that then spiritual Teachers are great, and there are all kinds of traps that we don't need to get into now. Um, so ultimately, you know, spiritual awakening—it's an inside job, and that's why loneliness is important. And it's and it's why we need to be able to sit with ourselves, so that what is not true dissolves, and what is true emerges. So the dark night of the soul is a part of the awakening journey because. We must understand the great lie. I mean, I think we're on a planet on the time in our planet right now where we, you know, there are a lot of lies, deceptions, betrayals. They're all surfacing. Things that aren't true are revealing themselves. And it's also true for us. Right. And and the I feel the the best way to deal with it is just let it happen. Again, tower card in the tarot, let it fall. Because the truth. The great thing about the tar- the teaching of the tower card and tarot is that, yeah, the structures might fall, but the truth will always remain. So we are not a small, faulty, helpless person. The ego thinks it is. The persona thinks it is. But ultimately, that's not the truth of who we are. People who didn't have good holding as children tend to distrust life. So there was a problem with birth or um, there was some disruption there uh, with the with the mothering person. Um, you might have trouble staying in relationship with other people, and this early betrayal can make you feel estranged from love or something that happened up until the age of five, or yeah, really at any point. If there's some kind of big betrayal in your life, it can disrupt um, this um, basic trust. And sometimes there needs to be some psychological work to work through the traumas 
that that can act as obscurations or obstacles to true nature. But all these things can be worked through. They're just like little scars. I just put some essential oil on it. You know, it just dissolves and then oh, okay, it comes back. The ocean works things, the currents and the tides and the oceans works things. Nothing is permanent, right? So a person can become bitter, despairing, frustrated, and they may might even go as far as hating life. And I want to bring this up not because that's such a great thing and people might be might dislike that idea, but because of the amount of mil- mental illness that we're seeing today, violence, uh, all the shootings, I it, you know, it's it's so incredibly sad. You know, we're seeing all of this suffering in the world today. And so I feel it's our responsibility, each one of us, it's our responsibility to end the war within ourselves, to end the suffering within ourselves, to end this lie of loneliness and separation. And we can do this together because when we dissolve these obscurations, these boundaries, and we start to join up with all of our soul qualities and we realize that we're part of existence. We're part of the trees and the sky and the earth and everything that moves here, the breath of the cosmos, of the eternal nature of the divine. Once we do that, it's contagious. People around us start having the experience too. So I remember sitting in a room sobbing. I mean, because I felt such an intense inner loneliness. I mean, it's inner utterly alone. It, it ha- I think the first time it happened, I was 21. And I don't think anybody understood necessarily what was going on, but it was the first time that I felt a really horrible existential crisis. And um, for some reason, I knew to stay with it. I knew to stay with what was breaking. And I knew that I was never going to be really part of the status quo. I wasn't going to show up in the way that you know, some of my relatives wanted me to show up and because there was something else going on within me and this creative, unique, rebellious spirit was being called into, onto some kind of path. I mean, especially at that point, um, this was, when was that happening? Like the eighties. Um, I, I wasn't, it was it, the spiritual awakening. It wasn't really happening at that point. People just thought you were crazy. And so I was very fortunate to be able to go and work in um, the United Kingdom and with the Celtic people uh, who, who really have this great sense of um, the ancestors and um, all the, you know, the fact that the, that there's a living landscape and everything's alive within it. And it was very, healing for me and really helped me develop a strong sense of the external and internal true nature. So, you know, if anyone is experiencing this sort of inner crisis, I, I invite you to, I mean, what people have different paths. That was the one that I took, but spend time in nature. I mean, gardening, making flower essences, um, just developing a friendship with a tree or a kitten or a horse or a dog or, you know, just, you know, or maybe a bird or I, I love out here. I get to see wild geese. I love seeing the wild geese, but allow yourself to connect to something in the natural world because um, the natural world doesn't have a lot of barriers. People might, but um, 
the natural world doesn't. So just walking in in, in a forest or, or along the ocean or so, somewhere, you know, let yourself go out and feel, you know, the the light of the moon on your skin, you know, the, the radiance of the stars at night and how they sing to you, you know, allow yourself to feel the pulses and the, that are around us always. So when, when we allow ourselves to do this, so, uh, you know, I, I think that's the first time I really experienced this. I was in Ireland and, uh, at a, at a Turla, <laughs> which is a seasonal lake. It was where, W.B. Yeats had written a lot of his famous poems. And and it, there are magical places on the earth. This was in Cool Park in Galway. And there are places, they're known as the thin places. And when you stand in the thin places, it's, it's like you can hear the music of the spheres. Right? So it's something that Hildegard von Bingen spoke, wrote about, spoke about, made uh, symphonies with. Um, and... And when this happens, when this happens, something changes in your soul forever, or actually the relationship between the soul and ego, something starts to happen and the, and the ego starts to metabolize, be metabolized by a personal essence. So, which links you to your soul. So we become, you know, spiritual beings have, are we, I mean, we are anyway, spiritual beings having an earthly experience, but we remember it. We remember that we are eternal light happening and it takes a while to find a vocabulary for it. That can be some of the, the trippiest part of it is finding a group of people who can talk about it and, you know, mystics write about it. Poets know about it. Um, and then there's some great groups on the planet. I, I've been involved in the um, Diamond Approach for a long time. They definitely go into all these different things in a very deep way. And it's great to be part of a community who is um, metabolizing this material deeply. Um, but you know, years ago, when I started having this awakening, there, there would maybe be seven, ten people that would come and talk about it. And they maybe have had a flash of color or something. But now it's it's you know, millions of people. And so it's something that's happening collectively. And yeah, you know, people are in different levels, but it's really heartening to see the spiritual awakening taking place. I don't believe for a minute that we're at the end of the world or any of this nonsense. We're we're actually believe we're beginning a new a new world. That's what we're stepping into. And of course, the old has to change. So the most intense form of this is an internalized hatred, you know, the, this loneliness. If we really buy into it, it can become an internalized hatred that's projected outwards as violence um, to the self or to others. So this, this is, you know, we, I'm not even going to go into this here, but that's what can happen. And so if, if you ever find yourself um, wanting to be violent I really encourage you to pull out a journal and work, you know, separate that voice out from yourself and talk to it, understand the wisdom of it and see how you've separated out from the divine. What part of you, what part, part of you feel feels hurt and how have you separated from the divine and see if you can work yourself back into a, a state of wholeness. If you can't find a therapist or a really good friend that can help you do it because ha hatred is really a disconnection from the true self. 
any kind of hatred, right? Um, so, you know, we're talking about this sort of uh, how loneliness can take us off track and we can get very far away from the divine. But this, the awakening, the awakening can happen in a flash. And I think sometimes it, the awakening won't happen unless we feel really, really, really separated, unless we feel like nobody understands us. I don't feel connected to any person on the planet. I don't even belong here. You know, this, this sobbing that happens when we, we, and then you go, Oh, I'm identified with this egoic self. It's not even real. What am I doing? And in that moment, boom, you have this awakening. Well, if that's not who I am, who am I? And you can get into a really deep inquiry into, well, who am I? I'm not this sort of ball of suffering. Who, who am I? Right. So as soon as the nectar of the true self begins to stir all the loneliness and despair, rage and frustration, it washes away like footprints on a sandy beach washed clean by the oceanic waves. It's gone. And, you know, and it, it, maybe it comes back and it washes it for, for, I think for a long time, it goes back and forth and back and forth. You know, you think, oh, I'm there, I'm stabilized in it. And then somebody says something, oh, y'all triggered all again. But it's fine because the, the people that come in and say things, they're revealing to you your unfinished work and you just keep doing the work until you're free. So it's coming in waves and sometimes floods of tears. And that's fine. Let yourself cry. At some point, the broken heart, the broken heart is filled with the golden light of goodness. The broken heart, the one that's been crystallized, you know, it's been the, the ego kind of puts a shell on it, like, don't hurt me, don't betray me, you know, so it becomes hardened and then it cracks. And then all of a sudden, there's room for the truth of your heart, for the golden sun that is your own heart, that's warmed by the external rays of the sun, that's warmed by lovely friends and high beings, right? There's a light, there's a light that always shines from your heart. And sometimes it gets obscured. That's okay. We'll find as that sun, that sunlight begins to radiate from the external and the internal, the betrayals and the rage fade. They just fade away. And then you're like, what was that all? That was all upset and tears. And it's not even there anymore. It goes neutral. That you know you've really done the work when it just goes neutral, just doesn't matter anymore. And then what's there instead is an understanding that we're always held by a field of wisdom that understands us entirely. It knows how to hold us. It's like the perfect mother. It knows how to hold us. It knows how to love us. It knows what to feed us. The field of wisdom understands us entirely. So I can feel this transmission of moving through my voice as I'm speaking to you. So I think the other worlds is sending this, um, this love, this wisdom as a transmission. So you might just check into your heart right now and see what you're feeling. If your mind is blocking the words, just forget, just forget the words and just feel what's in your heart. What's in your belly. What's in, what's going on in your body. What's going on with your breath, you know, and whatever's going on is perfect. Just feel, allow yourself to feel, feel your arms and legs, feel your feet on the floor, feel your, ah, the breath, the breath, the breath that connects all things. 
And if you can, just allow your heart to open, even if it's just for a minute, just allow it to open. Allow this radiance, this love. And then for a minute, just see if you can go, if you can feel your connection to all things. You're not an accident. This moment's not an accident. Right? It's supposed to happen. My goodness. So this flame of the heart is ignited by the loving light. Where does it come from? It's all around us always. This field of wisdom is available to its to us all. It's merciful. It's like the rain. The rain's for everyone, right? So people have different names for this field of wisdom. Some personify it as Christ or Sophia or some other high being. It's fine if you want to personify. I love to personify. I do, I do it a lot in my imaginosophy set. I personified all sorts of beings. But for a moment, see if you can let this feeling of loving light just be abstract. doesn't have to have a face. can't have a face, but doesn't have to. It might just be a felt sense. And then see if you can... You can feel the flame in your heart, your own heart, the goodness that is inherently you. You know, just be aware of it. What color is it? Is it gold? Is it, does it have some other color? Is it warm? Maybe it feels like the warming rays of the afternoon sun. Maybe it feels like something else. Maybe it feels like a, a little bit of starlight. So it's a, Basically, this flame in, in your heart acts like an elixir, an elixir of life. And you might even taste it. Some people can taste something. You know, they might taste some kind of um, milk or, or rose, rose water or something. You might be able to smell a perfume. You might just, you know, all kinds of things that can happen. But notice if you're starting to sense anything here, this is the beginning of self-realization. And self-realization has many, 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 many layers. But this is huge. This is a huge thing to realize you are divine love. And the loving light reveals that loneliness is a lie of the ego. I'm going to say it again, but you might hear it this time. Loneliness is a lie of the ego. It's not true. You can never be alone. Each in-breath. And each outbreath connects you with life. It doesn't really matter if you're in a relationship with another person because you're in relationship with your breath. You're in relationship with the ground you stand upon. You're in relationship with the stars. You're in the relationship with the moon. You're actually in all kinds of relationship with time and cosmos and space. And there's all sorts of stuff going on. <laughs> you can get really curious about it. Be like a child opening up a treasure box. Oh my goodness, I wasn't. I didn't know there were all these diamonds and gemstones and pearls and essences and elixirs and magical things in this box. And it can get exciting because you go, well, life is magic. So consciously breathe in and out. So we're just metabolizing what's not true. So now now we're going to start to close the magical treasure box, but just See if there's something that you just take with you. You know, you're a precious being, an integral part of existence. Take something out of this magical treasure chest with you. A color, a shape, a gemstone, a leaf, a feather, something to remind yourself that you're always part 
of everything and that you matter. And, um, you know, keep it with you. Maybe, maybe find, you know, we're, we're working in the formless, maybe find a, a form that matches it in some way and put it on your altar so you can remind yourself that you're always in relationship. See if you can see or sense the colors within and around you. And so over the past three decades, I've given a lot of talks on the colors of the soul. So if you, if you go through, um, wisdom of the ages, you can find all kinds of conversations I've had about, about, um, the colors of the soul. I call it, well, the language of the soul, I call it, but, um, I also talk about it a lot in Imaginosophy, which is a deck of cards that's coming out soon. It's already on, on my website, Imaginosophy.com. So you can check it out. It's I-M-A-G-I-N-O. S O P H Y. So imagine, O Sophia, or imagine, O wisdom. Imagine the wisdom. So um, check that out if you feel like it. It's it's actually it's actually fun. I've been having a blast doing it. So really, our job now, you know, for each one of us is to become the artist to really to begin to express creatively. You know, you're part of this web of life. How are you going to play and dance in it? What in what way are you going to share? In what way are you here to be of service? So I think one thing, to, you know, as we start to feel the wisdom field, we start to feel this interconnectedness, it's really important to set a space, either in your room or your house, um, establish a sanctuary and invite in this field of wisdom. If you if you got a feather, for instance, as your treasure, as your magical treasure, put some feathers around so you remember that, that and start engaging in your inner your inner world i mean what you'll find is that it will change your relationships with the external world because there'll be less judgment there'll be less you know be, people will will feel that you're warm and compassionate and approachable and loving and they'll want to be around you and then if you can feel if you get triggered, you might um, go back to some old isolating patterns and just be aware of it. It goes back and forth. And I think um, another part of this, and this can be a little challenging, and it's probably the subject for a different podcast, but I think giving up beliefs that we have about the meaning of God helps too. You know, there have been so many wars over religion. I, I come, m- most of my family come from the UK. and. And in Ireland, well, the whole place, Ireland too, the fights between the, the the Catholics and the Protestants is just, you know, in the years and years that it's gone on, it's just pretty horrific. And it's not just there, it's gone on all over the planet. So I think, you know, all this is in the name of Christ. It, it doesn't make any sense, you know. And so I think sometimes just giving up our beliefs you know, of, of right and wrong it, and just sitting in the wisdom field, I think this is the next step in our evolutionary consciousness because God doesn't have any beliefs. I mean, we we tap in to the wisdom field and we go, oh, we, we have an experience of it. And then we write it down, it becomes dogma. And then we've just walled ourselves off again. So in a, in a way, our religion is a little bit like an ego. It's where we have a walling off from true nature. And like we said, you need an ego for 40 or 50 years. Sometimes people, you need a religion for a while. But at a certain point, like the tower card, it's time to let it go. And that's when you begin to find out what's real. It's when you begin to um, experience direct knowing. 
So people are struggling with this. There's there's a guy named Byron Brown who wrote a really fantastic book that I highly recommend called Soul Without Shame. And in the book, he describes how we're hounded by the inner critic until we choose to break free of it and um, and how we develop certain soul qualities that help loosen the the hold the inner critic has over us. So how to break free, really. And it, it's it's pretty mind blowing and and um and definitely worthwhile to read. And in my new tarot set, I speak of judgment as the day you decide to forgive yourself uh, for all past perceived mis- misdeeds, untruths. You know, and in the way that we've, I mean, the many 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 ways that we've lied to ourselves, and we because you know really we we didn't mean to. We live in a fairly insane. <laughs> humanity is a little crazy, right? So then it's only because of these misperceptions. And then when these things can can fall away, there's a it, life becomes pretty simple, actually. And then and then our heart that we we sort of relax. We don't feel so contracted anymore. We don't feel so frightened. You know, so I think. Judgment Day is a sort of unjudgmental day. And that's what, that's what I did with the judgment card. I was like, that's the day you let everything go. And after this beautiful, Bill DeCray did a beautiful image of a Bridget, who is a mother goddess and a saint and a never-ending perpetual flame. She's just thrown off her clothes and she's just open to the light of the new day. And and that's what how I see it. It's the day we throw off the chains and the obscurations of the ego when we, and we, we just stand naked with what is. And and that's the day that the loneliness and the suffering end, you know, this sense of freedom, this, you know, and as soon as that goes, then, then the um, freedom comes in, we're free. And that tends to be accompanied by joy and bliss and feelings of, of happiness. So, but the, it might go back and forth for a while. That's really normal. And, you know, allowing this dynamism of our true self to shine and then hide, you know, because if I think if it just completely came online, it'll just, it would just blow, you know, just true. It just blow all your circuits. So it's better that it comes and goes. It's like the, you don't want, you want, you want the sun, but not too much sun. You want the sun to reveal itself and you want to get used to this light. So the experience, if we really allow ourselves to have it, this experience of the true self is really magical. You know, just in the greatest, <laughs> I mean, I love the Druids, right? So it's, I, I think of them, you know, sort of in their, in their caves, conjuring some magical elixirs to help all things heal. And um, it's probably complete fantasy, but I just love that. Um, I love this, um, this alchemy of the soul, right? As we s- sip this, elixir of truth you know as we sit from the holy grail we might begin to wonder why we haven't seen all the beauty around us before you know have we really listened to the bird singing like the colors may take on a new vibrancy okay so we are the eyes the ears and the voice of consciousness we are an integral part of reality So the presence that emerges is colorful, perfumed, deeply loving, and compassionate. And this emergence of pure being is a rebirth into the new world. This is the new earth. As soon as we do this, we're standing 
in the new earth. I think a lot of people say entering fifth dimension or 12th dimension. There are all kinds of dimensions, but we're standing in a new world, a new realm of existence, a new, it's actually just a new consciousness. So it, you know, a world in which loneliness isn't even a possibility because we don't have that kind of obscuration. You know, there's an understanding that we are connected to every living thing, seen and unseen. Like the birds awakening in the morning and bursting into a chorus of song or a kitten playing joyfully with a string at dawn, the multiple gifts of reality are always around us. So don't be worried about the end of the world, right? <laughs> because a new world has already begun. Well, I think that's that's my transmission for the day. So this is N. Kate Sullivan. And if you want more inspiration, you can check out my work on nksullivan.com, A-Y-N-C-A-T-E-S-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. And you can delve into the myths, legends, and archetypes on imaginosophy.com. I want to thank you. Actually, I want to thank the field of wisdom itself for bringing through this transmission, for allowing me to be a, a voice for some sort of liquid silver light to come through, you know, from this birth from loneliness into the truth of being. Thank the silver light for cutting through the veils. And I want to thank everyone who's been with me on this journey. I mean, just for being brave and for being here and for being who you are. So may your lives be filled with divine love and may the truth set you free. Until we meet again, may wisdom reveal its secrets to you one message at a time. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 